This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Wasp buys last. See store for details. The Home Depot has holiday savings of up to 40% on select appliances, like a Whirlpool four-door French door refrigerator for just $15.98. It's perfect for a busy kitchen full of helping hands. That's where its fingerprint-resistant stainless steel finish really shines. Order online and get free delivery. Holiday appliance shopping improved. Up to 40% off select appliances. Now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Continental U.S. only. Waspies last. Valid through December 2nd. Free delivery on orders $396 or more. Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Twenty-seven to one eighty-one, a new franchise record in point differential in a win. A, I believe Nick Nurse now has the most winningest record as a coach, not in total obviously, but in percentage, which is pretty wild. This was his hundredth win as a coach. Basically, just madness. The Raptors completely—they walked in, they assumed the parental role over the Pacers, pulled their pants down and spanked them voraciously and with great fervor for 48 minutes. It's fair to say that we have never seen something like this as fans of the Raptors. There have been big games. There was the original, the Bruno Caboclo game where he came in and had eight points. And that was that was cool. He had that alley-oop. He had a triple and they smacked the Bucks. That was great. That was fun. But this game, unbelievable, man. It's The Raptors came in with a very clear plan of how they wanted to beat up on the Pacers. They enacted that plan with very few roadblocks. And we're going to get into this, but this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, 
Samson Folk. And thank you for tuning in. Let's hop into the game and let's talk about how the Raptors won by 46 points. And that obviously is going to start in the first quarter. You have to do little by little. You have to get up to 46. It doesn't all come in one run, except for the Raptors. It came mostly in three quarters of the game. I suppose it would be where the third quarter was. They actually lost the third quarter, 23 to 22, but they started the work early. And that was the first quarter, of course. And it's hard to put into words how immaculate Pascal Siakam's floor game was. And that was how the Raptors decided to build their offense, or who they, they decided to build their offense around, I should say. There was some some early efforts from Serge Ibaka that were awesome and fantastic. His work as a short roller early on, really good, really nice to see he was making shots. He also, Sabonis, I guess, decided that he didn't want to contend with Serge Ibaka on the glass. Ibaka really factoring in and eating him up on the glass, completely annihilating him and getting boards, creating extra positions for the Raptors. But after that, that nice little opening punch that they provided, I think it was 19-3 to off the start of the game, which is outrageous, of course. But the Raptors getting to that point total, not just with Serge Ibaka on the short roll, making his little floaters, creating those extra possessions, but posting Pascal Siakam up and Siakam having ideal mismatches, having ideal matchups to take to the block, not only for scoring himself, but to draw double teams in to reshape the defense so he could find three-point shooters. And that's the Raptors, with great success, went through him repeatedly. We saw them do it against the Phoenix Suns last game, building around Pascal Siakam. When he has a mismatch, he's shown an aptitude for passing, an aptitude for realizing when he has a check that he can that he can beat with regularity, I should say. And that that was anybody on the Pacers, to be quite frank with you. They didn't really have a guy who could D up Siakam, neither did the Suns. And he was so great passing in this game. His his patience, his escape dribble before the passes he made, just the way he was able to manipulate his primary defender and the help side defender so that he would be able to create a passing lane for himself to the dive man, oftentimes one of OG Ananobi or Serge Ibaka, sometimes Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but mostly the, the aforementioned two. And on the other side of things, after the Raptors, they when they beat Indiana 119 to 118, that game was largely built where the the Pacers were successful was largely built on the back of Demonis Sabonis. Sabonis was really great. Any of the actions involving him had a lot of success. The Raptors had a tough time dealing with him. In this game, a really great plan of attack, probably drawn up in lockstep with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, Nick Nurse. With those two deciding, okay, Serge is going to play straight up. We're not going to resort to that Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, OG Ananobi, whatever fronting thing that we've done against DeAndre Ayton when Serge Ibaka was out with five fouls in the third quarter against the Suns. We're not going to have that same type of defense that we played against Carl Anthony Towns. We're going to let Serge Ibaka go straight up until Sabonis is on the catch. Then Fred, then Kyle Lowry, you're going to dig in. You're going to dig in hard. You can stunt. You can play it however you want it. Read the read the offense. See what you come up with. And what that resulted in was a lot of steals for the, for the two guards. And Serge Ibaka, a really great job of standing his ground 
And especially at the start of the game, Sabonis got loose a little bit towards the end, but at the start of the game, wasn't able to create anything. Ibaka doing a fantastic job of standing him up, being conservative defensively, and letting Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry be the aggressive ones. And when the Raptors are swarming, and the back end is solid, when when they get guys like Siakam... OG Ananobi, Fred, Kyle, all swarming, all able to take risks, but all working as a a unit, playing defense on a string, they're so dangerous because they can jumpstart that transition offense and they can get steals and they can completely overwhelm a an offense. On the podcast with Mike Prada from his piece where he likened the Raptors to a a haunted house where they catch teams unaware and force them into mistakes they wouldn't usually make and their their reality their or I guess their idea of reality is suspended and they start doing things that aren't really in their style of play and so that happened to Sabonis that happened to Brogdon both of them completely out of sorts unable to create any type of consistent offense I had it tweeted at me during the game from Emma Brown, who was mentioned on the last podcast, but she said, the haunted house is inextricable, meaning impossible to disentangle or separate, which I think is a wonderful way to describe this defense. And they were, even during the craziest rotation, they were connected and they were a shell. And I, I'm not going to say it. Everybody knows what I refer to the defense as. I'm not going to say it this time. I, I run the risk of overusing it and making it a cliche. So I won't go there. However, comma, I'll talk about the Raptors going into the second quarter after they opened up a 20-plus lead on the Pacers in that first quarter. It was insanity. And the second quarter, the pace very much the same, except the Raptors less half-court success and more transition offense. And so that wasn't so bad because Pascal Siakam was taking his rest. Kyle Lowry checks back in. He's pushing the guys forward at all times. And they're still playing an incredible brand of defensive basketball. So the Pacers, they barely figured out how to get into double digits at, at the end of the first quarter. And in the second quarter, you think, okay, usually things are going to let up. Usually a team is going to figure it out. Most teams can't maintain the tenacity. They can't keep up that level of defense. But the Raptors basically did for the full 48. There was a little bit of a letdown towards the end of the game where Sabonis was getting to the rim a little bit, and there were a couple threes made. But my God, the Raptors, in the first half at the very least, their defense did not let up. There was not more than two possessions in a row where the Raptors weren't able to keep the Pacers under wraps. It was incredible. And led by Kyle Lowry in, in that second quarter, taking the Raptors to, I think, a 63-32 to halftime lead, hitting threes. That was probably Fred VanVleet's best offensive quarter. He did a good job of relocating. He didn't have a great day shooting, but his defense playing next to Lowry, even by himself, really impressive. Terrence Davis coming into the game, showing why we all love him so much, providing that offensive punch that he does, but really being just a complete cog in the defensive machine as well. The Raptors finely tuned, well-oiled Chris Boucher, OG Ananobi. Well, I suppose I should address OG Ananobi as well in that first quarter and in the first half, doing a really great job of cutting in. And I did say that Pascal was finding him early, but OG whether it was Pascal or whether it was Kyle, 
whomever I thought did a really great job of finding soft spots in the Pacers defense there was that one dunk he had on the fast break where he took the pass from Hollis Jefferson and it's it's so nice to see OG Ananobi who we've seen in his big offensive games his best offensive games it's usually three plus three-point makes in that game it's usually him riding a hot three-point night from downtown and in a game where he was 0 of 2 from downtown I thought was one of his better offensive games because his offensive IQ seemed to be higher than just having easy shots provided for him in the corner and him hitting them I thought he was really great identifying where the defense was weak cutting to that spot making himself available and he just deserves love for that and he was a big part of the Raptors defensively of course but I thought a great job really making the back end of the Pacers defense sweat. And that means that if he's doing stuff like that, the help defense has to consider him, has to consider that whether or not they're going to attack Pascal Siakam, going to double him on that left block. It's it's tougher because you know Pascal Siakam can pass. You know one of the blocker OG is going to be sneaking into the dunker spot. And just he deserves love for that the same way I give love to Serge. But the Raptors, their defense held up. It was a hell of a thing to watch. They completely... And totally annihilated the Pacers, 63-32 going into the second half. What what do you do at that point if you're the Pacers? It's really hard to climb back in a game. The Raptors have done the whole 30-point comeback thing. They they did it this year against Dallas. But I don't know if the Pacers have the, the heart of a champion that the Raptors have. And the third quarter, I think, was where we saw the, the half-court offense fall off quite a bit for the Raptors. But... Luckily, you know, the defense, it was still there, completely and wholly represented. The Raptors still playing that gritty, tenacious brand of defense that, that they do, and it was it was so great to see. Pascal Siakam was maybe getting a little bit ISO-happy on the other side. The Raptors, the actions they were running a little bit slower, a little... Not just not as good, not as sharp, not as precise, but the defense just as well. They seem to rely on the the transition offense a fair bit in this quarter. But you, one might expect that if they're gonna put it all on the defensive end of the floor, and you're up thirty points, let it go feast or famine. Put it on the defensive end and see what steals you come up with. Let your guys run out. Let them really buy in defensively in a blow. That's something that we really don't ever see, and the Raptors had a unique opportunity to try that out, and they did, and they lost that quarter by one point, but it was it was completely inconsequential, and the Raptors, you know, they still took a 30-point lead into the fourth quarter, and the fourth quarter was basically, well, there were, there were quite a few notable things that happened. It was Chris Boucher coming up with some blocks on Demonis Sabonis, Chris Boucher having some really nice rotations, Paul Watson had a really big block on TJ Warren. O'Shea Brissett had a big dunk after Paul Watson had a really nice wrap pass to him. Malcolm Miller hit a three. Louis Satzman on Twitter addressing that there that's a hill he'll die on is the Malcolm Miller is a an elite shooter. A lot of you folks who listen to this will remember me at the very start of the year, clamoring and talking about how Malcolm Miller, he shortened up his three-point stroke. Maybe we can see him go north of 42% from downtown this year, and I think he can do it, and I think he can be a at least a replacement-level player in the NBA, maybe go a little bit higher because he can shoot the three well. That hasn't happened yet. 
There hasn't been a return on the promise that I've seen. But in this game, he had a three. Love to see it. Uh, Stanley Johnson was in and was playing as the de facto point guard in that fourth quarter for, for I suppose it was roughly five minutes. He was taking the ball up the floor. Nothing so crazy happened with him handling the ball. Had a couple assists where he basically just <laughs> waited on the opposite side of the floor for Matt Thomas to make his run around the pin down. Matt Thomas, oh my God, that dude made it rain from downtown. Five triples just let it just shot it repeatedly they ran a ton of pin downs for him they had an ato an after timeout play for him where he hit one from the corner and he sustained that he was the reason why the raptors won by 46 basically the raptors hovering between 26 and 35 points for a long time in that second half but until matt thomas blew up and started getting he was on fire from downtown and was going back-to-back possessions, repeatedly trying to get a shot up and shooting really well from there, doing a fantastic job of building that Raptors lead up even more. I think he finished with uh, 17 points, 5 of 7 from downtown, more than anybody else on the team hit in the game. And so just a really impressive performance from Matt Thomas. But the Raptors, they rode that into into the final score, 127 to 81. Records uh, in abundance for Raptors and Nick Nurse and just a ton of fun stuff tonight. Wow, a super fun game. This team is, there's almost nothing like it in the league. They just, the way they play, man, they're without a doubt top three team in the league right now. And there's... There's not much else to say about it. Their their defense is immaculate. Their defense is, is crazy, <laughs> to quote Emma Brown. Inextricable. They are they are fantastic. And their offense, that transition attack is man, it gets hairy for the opposite team really quick. And when Kyle Lowry has it going in that half court and OG Ananobi is sneaking in from the sideline, running that baseline, those huge shoulders of his, that big butt that gets him that lift for those big two-handed, two-foot stop dunks. And he just, anytime he's around the basket, if he jumps off two feet, he's going to dunk it. It doesn't matter what else is happening there. And when Pascal is eviscerating mismatches, they are such a funky, unique team, and they crush the opposing team. They they destroy them. There's nothing nothing left to be said. They They're fantastic, and what a game to watch. And the Reggie Evans Award, I think it doesn't go to him often, but it will go to Serge Ibaka. I thought that his work on the glass was incredible. I thought he was effortless. I thought that he was so important to what the Raptors were doing in this game. And I just, there's nobody else on the team who can recreate what he does or emulate what he does at this current state because, and the way Ibaka's been playing has emboldened the Raptors to give Marcus all. A, an extended rest to really get him ready for pl- when it comes to the playoff time and how he's played this year defensively. Like, not only is Marcus All a wonderful offensive player, he introduces some really unique um, packages and actions for the Raptors to run. Specifically, the split action stuff is very smooth and very potent when he's on the floor. His two-man game with Pascal Siakam sometimes is really, really incredible. That's not something that Serge can do, although Serge does other things. But And defensively, what I meant to say right away was that he's been 
to me, a defensive player of the year nominee. Not Maybe not top three, maybe not top five at this point anymore, just because he's missed so much time. But one of the 10 most influential defenders in the league or impactful or the affectations of his defense are widespread. He affects the Raptors very much so on that end. And so Serge Ibaka doing so much heavy lifting as almost the lone big, big man on the Raptors. And considering he didn't even profile as that for most of his career, super impressive stuff. The hustle, the heart, it's art, as as he might say. And he, he deserves the Reggie Evans Award, 100%. The top quick reaction comment from Luro, an absolute veteran of the Raptors Republic comment section and somebody who provides a lot of insight there and engages with my stuff in particular, always has great feedback. So Luro, nice to see your comment here. Could the Raps beat the Leafs at hockey? Let them train for a couple weeks, and I think so. Stanley Johnson could be a good goaltender slash Zamboni guy. I believe that's in reference to the Zamboni goaltender from some some night in the past in which a, a former Zamboni guy became a goaltender and had some success. I, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I know that much. And could the Raptors beat the Leafs at hockey? I, there's, sometimes, when I get into hockey and the extent of, I loved Paul Correa growing up. Uh, hockey was my favorite sport. I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. It makes sense that that would be my favorite sport. I love Paul Correa. I loved Curtis Joseph. Those were my two favorite players, player and goalie. And now when I look at the game, I don't watch very many games, but sometimes I'll watch highlights and I'll watch an Austin Matthews or John Tavares highlight package. And the skill that they possess is blinding. They're incredible players. Now, I don't watch the full game, so I could be hopelessly out of touch, but I I believe they're quite good. I don't know if maybe... They have a Carl Anthony Towns type of thing where they're incredibly successful personally, but their teams aren't doing that well. I, I'm not sure if that's the problem with the Leafs. I, I, I suppose I shouldn't be trying to diagnose it on air, seeing as how I don't know anything. But if this is a vote, and it certainly seems that way, a vote of confidence in the Raptors' ability to make anyone anything, then yes, of of course they could beat them. But thank you very much for commenting that, Luro. A bit of levity on a night that has so much levity as the Raptors completely smacked, spanked, and annihilated the Pacers. But that's it for me. You won't be hearing anything else from me on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Wasp buys last C-Store for details. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. 
When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and... Done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and... Done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.